The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. This is your Kansas State Instant Reaction recording. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's officially Brocktober. Brocktoberfest. We are we are trying to recover the best we can from yet another close loss. Where you had a starting quarterback yet again did not finish the game and there are a lot of a lot of questions unanswered. So welcome. Welcome. Join us. Texas Tech falls 31-21 in Manhattan to Kansas State. Not super surprising the result. But again, Texas Tech finds a way to draw you in, rip your heart out, defense collapses, screws you over, makes you hate life, makes you hate being a Texas Tech fan at points. Um Yeah, you had a you took a lead. You had a lead in, in the fourth quarter. And you lose by 10. That was a, it's a two-touchdown swing. You had a four-point lead, you lose by 10. That's 14 points. Sound familiar? You had a 15-point swing last week. Well, and it just... What's bad is I would even argue this. Last week, same thing. I felt like text defense did enough. I think they did uh, more. They did more than enough. No, not when you the give first up three quarters a, this game. Not when you give up a two-play touchdown drive immediately following you taking the lead. Well, you didn't let me finish, bro. <laughs> Excuse me. I said they did enough for a while. <laughs> they did enough to get you the lead, and then, sure. And then, and then the wheels done come off. So I, yeah. I'm, I don't know. You mentioned it. Bowman to go in down 14, nothing at half. That's, that's okay. That's not bad. Especially when, you know, another special teams blocked punt was partially to blame for that. And two missed field goals. Also true, but you're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, Alan Bowman's knocked out. I can't remember the first quarter or second quarter. It was early in the game. Um, not a shoulder, not a collarbone, not a lung. It's a leg this time. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who was trying to defend him and saying, you know, he didn't have an injury problem. He just had really bad luck. But like, at what point does he have an injury problem? Um, this was, I don't know. I mean, this was just bizarre. It was a weird, a weird hit on, and it practically looks like he blew out his ACL. I mean, I'm a, not a doctor or anything and we'll see what comes out in the news over the next few weeks. But 
Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell if it was yeah. knee or ankle just because of the way like the the defensive end kind of hit him on the side of his leg and it kind of crumpled. Um, yeah, the late hit. You know, he, it was. It didn't seem intentional, um, but it was late. Uh, and it hit him on the side of the leg well after the plate and the ball was gone. Um, it did feel like before, we, oh, I'll get to that later. Um, so yeah, Bowman's knocked out. You finally get a, a, a peek at who quarterback two is and Henry Columbia steps in. So not Matt Maverick MacGyver. This year, Utah State transfer. He comes in. Um, he does okay. Uh, you didn't, you didn't see any, any long balls or anything else it was fairly vanilla, fairly safe. Um, and he, he did okay. There was a one turnover where he just kind of chucked it up into the end zone. Um, but he was under pressure and uh, anyways, yeah. So you, you, you took a lead 21, 17 with 11 minutes left in the game. Um, it didn't really feel like, like it was a great safe lead, but at that point your offense had put up 21 points. And like the, you know, that what's that 20 minutes, uh, mm-hmm. through the third quarter, you scored two touchdowns in the third quarter. And then early in the fourth quarter, you scored a third. Um, and like, okay, well let's, let's keep playing defense. We, we've, we've held Kansas state to three points over that same stretch. When, when you've, you've put up 21 points, you've held Kansas state to three. Um, you immediately give up a 70 yard pass and they score in the next play to retake the lead a two play drive. You had the lead for like 30 seconds. Um, a little bit later in the quarter, you, you punt, you pin Kansas state pretty deep. Uh, you know, it's 24, 21 at this point. You're thinking if we can get a stop here, uh, if we can force Kansas state to punt, we're going to be set in pretty good field present field position. Um, three minutes left defense crumbles. And then you give up a 70 yard touchdown on third and five. So you had gone through on first down and second down, you'd use some timeout to stop the clock. You're preserving time for your offense. You'd used your last one, got to third down. And then you give up a 70 yard touchdown. So before we, we jump into and, and look at all those stats and tell you where exactly we went wrong. Um, Guys, the wait is finally over. A triple header fun is upon us this week. Football's in full effect with many teams starting their stuff early. The NBA finals are here. Looking at game three starting on Sunday. The MLB playoffs are in full swing. Going into the division series, um, you might now be able, you might be able to get to a game this year. If not, though, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and make and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Michael. Yes. Let's start with the offense, please. All right, let's let's do this. Um, you did mention it in the little intro. Um, you. Went to halftime down 14-0. The broadcast was nice enough to point out that's the first time you've been shut out in the first half in nine years. It's That surprises me, but I guess because the clarification was, I think the, the running record before that was first time to not score a touchdown in a half. 
And I know that Kingsbury had a couple of those. And I think he had one against Kansas State two years ago, actually. So there were a few of those. All right, Tech kicked a couple of field goals. They, they went into halftime with six or three or something. But I didn't realize it had been that long since Tech had been blanked completely in a half. And it, it may have been like blanked in the first half, but this was your 66 to six game. Oh yeah. I was there. That was, I was there for, that was a fun one. I was there for the first <laughs> half. So, um, you mean you didn't stay? You're not a true fan. Dude at 49, zero watching us muff a kickoff to then be recovered and scored for it. Like an immediate touch. Like Oklahoma state state had scored a touchdown. They kicked the ball off. We muff. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands. Ladies and gentlemen, we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The, the, the ensuing kickoff for Oklahoma State to score another touchdown. It was 14 points, and they ran one play. And I was like, yeah, 49-0. That's, this is, I'm done. Oh, man, no faith, no faith at all. No, no. I got on the board. No faith. Uh, Dancing Ginger was like two rows in front of us, and that made it worse. That uh, this dude was was doing what he was doing. It's like, be be a little more aware, dude. What's going just, on? Maybe he should just go home. <laughs> um, so. Alan Bowman starts the game, obviously goes four of seven, 23 yards. Uh, and then is taken out with a leg injury. Um, Henry Columbia comes in, goes 30 of 42 for 244 yards, two touchdowns and interception. So 30 receptions on two, 244 passing yards. Not much. Like I said, it was barely uh, safe and conservative passing. There were a lot of throws out to the flat to the running backs. Um, yes. He did not throw down the field very often. They didn't look bad when he did it but he wasn't like accurate so no, he, okay he had some decent he did some decent throws to as a comma and um i think price actually price had in Kuntz. i mean we had a tight end with three receptions on the day i mean that is freaking amazing <laughs> it's like they're listening to us last week running 11 personnel and actually getting the tight end the ball that's just mind-boggling that i i love i love that that's actually happening yeah, so I don't understand like good job. 
if you have that person on the field, run. I, I don't care if you run that same route where it's just like a really shallow flat because he's typically going to be covered. Somebody. He, he's going to be covered by a linebacker. They're not going to be fast enough to cut in front of that to force a bad throw or an interception. Anyways, um, yeah, you had 266 or 267 passing yards. Um, rushing, you did, you did pretty well on the ground, it seemed. Xavier White came in. He was your leading rusher on the day. 12 rushes, 113 yards. Broke off a long touchdown there. Um, 49 yards. Thompson, it's fairly quiet. He, he ran the ball as many times as Xavier White did, 12 times. Only got 46 rushing yards. Um, I mean, that's still close to four yards a carry, which is acceptable. Like every time you hand the ball to running back and he gets four yards, you, oh, yeah. you, you keep doing that. Um, Columbia had eight carries himself. Uh, and he, he turned out to be as mobile as we saw him in his highlight at, at Utah State. He's not a running quarterback in any, any stretch of the imagination, but he is mobile enough that when the pocket breaks down, he's, he's moving, he's trying to extend the play a little bit and then he's going to pick up as many yards as he can. Um, this doesn't seem like he's an option style quarterback. He did have a couple of those plays and was, I would say more effective and efficient at that than Bowman. Um, but I don't think you're looking for an option style quarterback to run this offense. I think he was, it was kind of weird. He was good. I, I felt like, yeah, he was. And, and, and when I felt like when Columbia went in, what we saw on the field, the offense fit him better than Bowman. It was, it was as if they adjusted things and, and played to his strengths, which is good. I mean, good for Yost, good for Wells kind of picking that. But even so, on the fly, that offense just felt more natural with Columbia behind it than it seems like Bowman's ever seemed in Yost's offense. He's, he, it has always seemed a little forced to me, but one thing that I, I did enjoy about seeing Columbia is when he took off with the ball, I didn't, I didn't cringe as much and I didn't get worried as much because I'm always worried about someone hitting Bowman just wrong. And I know that we talked about him being injury prone, but I, I don't want to fall back on that being just like a, just a talking point. Oh, he's injury prone. He'll, he'll crack or no, but, but. But yes, <laughs> the guys had issues with his lungs and stuff, and I don't want him to get hit in a wrong position. And you just worry about that sort of thing. But with when Columbia takes off, I'm kind of I get excited as opposed to going, oh, no, <laughs> slide, slide, you know, get down, out of yeah. bounds. Take care of yourself. Be careful. You know, Columbia takes off with that flow and main flying. You're like, yeah, just let loose, brother. Just, just go. Fly. Yeah. Um, and he also seemed like he was savvy enough to know, like, how to carry the ball when he was running too. Like you see a lot of quarterbacks take off and they're, they're real loose with the ball. It's, it's away from their body. Uh, it didn't feel that way w with Columbia. Like he, it's not, like I said, he's not a runner, but when he does, he was good at what he was doing. Wasn't yep. being extravagantly aggressive or taking, you know, risks that he shouldn't be as a backup quarterback. Um, and was careful with the ball. You did end up picking up 204 rushing yards in the day, which is pretty good. I mean, th th like this is the kind of balance. I mean, you wish you were a little bit more effective through the air, but if you're throwing for 250 and, uh, and running for 200, I mean, those kinds of numbers can win you games. Right. 
and I, I don't want to gloss over it too much because we did mention the stats and they were eye popping. But Xavier White, welcome. Yeah, welcome My to the party, man. Goodness, what a heck of a! I mean, I, I know that I think he got a few carries last week. He obviously was out week one. We assume it's COVID related. Who knows for sure? But the game, I came in and just he really did well. I was I was so mm-hmm. impressed to see him come in on the road kind of making his quote-unquote debut for the season. Um, welcome, Xavier White. It, it's still interesting to me that Taj Brooks only got one carry after how much he got in game one and how how well I thought he did. Um, he didn't carry it at all, all last week, but he at least made the trip this week, so that's good. But like you said, that was a really well done uh, rushing attack by the offense and – Hopefully we'll see a little bit more of that and that these running backs will give the rest of the schedule, you know, all they can handle in the rushing game. It just, I just did not want to gloss over how well Xavier White performed today. And you know, that, that big run that he had, gosh, what was that? It's 49 yards. Mm -hmm. Just the dude averaged 10 yards a carry almost. It was 9.4. Yeah. And that 49 yarder takes into account that, that, of course, but man, he had a great day. He did. I'll, I'll stop gushing. <laughs> so what, what's crazy is like, we know that Sir Roger Thompson's good and he has flashes and he's like, he's brilliant. I remember week one, we saw Taj Brooks, we're like, dude, Brooks, like he is, he, he's fantastic. He's way ahead of where you'd expect a true freshman to be. That's a great running back to have. And then Xavier White does what he does today. Like that's a great running back to have alongside Thompson. Like, uh, you know, Townsend was not bad last week, but it's every like Brooks had had a game a, a, as a backup running back. Townsend had his, and then Xavier's had his. Um, right, and Townsend didn't get a carry today. Mm-mm. I don't even know if he got in the game. I don't know if he traveled, but the four running backs you have, they're all good. Um, anyways, definitely. Third down offense, you were nine of 18 for 50%. Um, you were taking advantage of the Kansas State's bad third down defense. Um, you know, 50% is acceptable. You, you mean, I mean, you want to continue and it's kind of the goal, isn't it? Maintain drives, but like you can't really complain about 50% conversions on third down. Um, again, like when we're talking about having a backup quarterback in there, you know, the things were a little bit off. Um, your offense didn't look that far off. It just felt like a little more reserved uh, with the downfield passing aspect of it. On defense, uh, you did knock out Skylar Thompson in the second quarter on a targeting call. Uh, Rico Jeffers came in and was a step or two, a step and a half late to the quarterback. So he was late hitting him, um, but he, lo- he lowered his head uh, and just drilled him. Um, yeah. It was a fairly I'm quick not, and easy review to to uphold the targeting, and he was ejected. Yep. Um, not arguing the call on that, but I wonder if it was looked a little bit looked at a little bit closer because I think Thompson was hit pretty good a play or two before, and also, I mean, you know, Thompson it was it was also struggled to get up, so that's yeah. never a good look. Um, and and obviously, we hope he's okay. But yeah, that was that was definitely targeting by Jeffers, and. Where I was going to go with this kind of in the intro, um, this this hit on Skylar Thompson was not that far after Bowman got hit. And not that I think either was intentional, but I think people 
defensive athletes on both sides got riled up on both teams from I these bet hits. you're right. Um, yep. Because we saw, well, and 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 I'm I'm sure Kansas State fans will will say that there there were some aggressive hits from the Texas Tech defense, but there were some questionable calls, questionable hits from Kansas State defensive players after these two things had come on. We're like, I think it's just more like they were comp- compounding. Um, so th- their backup quarterback comes in, um, goes seven of 12. He completes seven passes for 173 yards. <laughs> now. It seems like a lot. Yeah. So two of those though, I mean, let's be honest. Two of those amounted for what? 140 of his yards. Cause that, uh, the one play right after you took the lead was 70 or 65. Something in, in, in there. Let's say it was 65 yards. Um, and then, then the touchdown play, uh, the, the touchdown after you had punted with three minutes to go was another 70 yards. So, I mean, it's 135 of his 173 yards came on two plays. You like when their backup quarterback came in, their offense changed completely. I mean, he went four of 10 for 30 yards. He was not, he was not accurate. He was not taking advantage. He was not like throwing deep on you. Um, you had broken tackles. Yes. What led to you had the, misses. Yeah. Um, which we thought could happen, especially when we talked about Deuce Vaughn. And, you know, he had 16 rushing attempts, 113 yards, which is good for 7.1 yards per carry and a touchdown. Three receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown. Um, so he himself had 194 yards of offense. Yes. And, and this was a guy that we mentioned. We were worried about him just because of how fast he was, how shifty he was, and how Kansas State was figuring out how to use him. They used him very effectively against OU, obviously carried that directly into this game. And to I can't help it. I can't help but say that uh, uh, they dropped a deuce on us. <laughs> For the team, they put up 198 rushing yards. So you outrushed Kansas State on a day where they didn't have a good starting quarterback. So like they were leaning heavily on the run and you still yep. outrushed them, which is not something you can say in years past. Now, the one thing they didn't do is turn the ball over. So this is now three games this year. They have not turned the ball over. They are still, their turnover margin is continuing to grow since they were plus one on the day with that interception. So I think, I think they're it's what, plus seven now. I think they're plus seven on the year. Um, if that's, if that's correct. Yeah. They are also a Effective enough on third down. They went six of twelve um, before today, and I, don't, I haven't looked at the, you know across the, the conference. They were the worst team in the Big Twelve in third down offensive conversions, way less than fifty percent. Um, fourth down, they had that fake field goal attempt in the first quarter that got snuffed out. Um, what do you think of that? That was on fourth and ten, and it was a run. It felt very Wells-esque to me. I felt like Kleinman was overthinking it on the opening drive. 
Yeah, it felt awfully like what do you, wh- Ooh, why why take that shot there? Unless you wanted to do it, you're yeah. like, well, I mean, I don't want to like have it come down to the end of the game where I don't, I don't know. It was weird. Well, at least pass the damn thing. Don't just, well, okay, we're, yeah, we're going to run it on fourth and 10 up the middle on a fake field goal. It's going to work. Guys, trust me. And he gets tackled by defensive tackle. Oh, yeah. It just, anyway, yeah. that, I thought that blew my mind. I'm sure K-State fans were just reeling and then Tech basically went three and out and got the ball right back. And so it. It didn't really. Well, it was like Tech's possession never happened. Well, here's what happened: they went three and out, and punted, and then got blocked. Oh, the punt! Yeah, that was K State's third blocked punt of the year. And it it, it was oh, it pissed me off. Uh, Joe Davis, he's my favorite college football commentator. He was the 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 main broadcast guy for today. He's also he also does play by play for the Dodgers. Um, as he is saying, Kansas State has blocked two punts this year. They block a third. Like as a broadcaster's jink for it. Um, and then they score we're worried about that too, because obviously tech had one blocked last week and then we're going to face a team that has blocked two on the season already, but they blocked a third and guess who gave up the block? Like who it was? It's my man, Eli Howard. Oh, Eli dude. Well, he was trying to block two guys to be fair. There were two guys. It seemed like one of them was kind of a decoy. And then the other guy came at it from his right just zooming in so i, I right so like was, what he was kind of a well-run play but i'm not going to defend howard too much on it so you have three guys we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. 
They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Lined up in front of the punter. They basically line up back there. They need to line up like six. Because you can only have four people off the line of scrimmage. So you, you, the punters, the rules. <laughs> punters obviously won. You got th- three blockers. I think they only got two guys past the, the front line. One guy was on the inside of Eli Howard. And I get the blocking scheme like you don't give up the inside lane, but you had somebody next to you that could have taken him. Yep. And then like he's got like both of his arms at like trying to stop two guys with just arms stretched out and just goes right around him. Um. Like I said, it sets up Kansas State in the red zone. They scored two plays later. Texas Tech misses two field goals in the first half. So special teams, you had no no bright spots this week as you did last week. You had nothing but negative plays. Also, I hope that um, there was just another point of confirmation for, for Matt Wells there. Did you notice what Kleiman did when he he kicked a field uh, when he, he kicked off after taking the lead late in the fourth quarter? He kicked it deep. <laughs> you know what happened? Texas Tech tried to return it and they got like the 15. Stop sky kicking or whatever you call it, and like take the ball out of your your kickoff specialist's hands and say, let's not do what you're really good at. Let's give you let's give you an opportunity to really screw this up. And then really screw up the defense in a second. Let's do that. Well, you nailed it. It's it's a screw the pooch kick. <laughs> screw the pooch kick. That's what um, others. So your your turnover. You were minus one in the day. Typically, you know, if you're within one, you're not like hurting too bad. But if it's the only turnover on the game, uh, it's kind of magnified. Um, you had six penalties on the day for seventy one yards. So quite a bit different from last week. You had two more called, but you went from 15 yards to 71 yards of penalties. Um, And it felt very Big 12 officiating-esque where there were questionable calls in every direction. Like what's a catch? What's targeting? What's roughing the passer? What's holding? What's a review? Like... I, so what is time? What is the time? Of life? It, it, it just drove me insane. I, and you're going to talk or you have it down on here about the same drive. I was thinking of that McPherson, I think had a targeting penalty that should have been called a targeting penalty. And I think the, the guys in the booth even said it would be that they brought in the, the expert, the Fox expert. Like, <laughs> that, that is Herrera. That is targeting. 
and he comes back targeting is or whatever the, after review of the play there's no no foul on the play or whatever it's like oh okay oh all right i mean i clearly saw that he launched and went into a defenseless vasher who was being tackled at the time i didn't know if you were being tackled that you were able to defend yourself i, I kind of you're holding onto a ball and someone's dragging you to the ground but you're not defenseless in that point so i guess i guess that makes it okay for a guy to leap up into your face mask the the other one too is that um that tj smith that number seven good god he's gonna throw someone in the damn hospital that incensed me i was enraged with anger after seeing a couple of his plays they were either back to back or they were very close to it no okay so and so here, here's what it was because I, I was watching it like i saw your note on this Oh my god! And I was paying attention to it, and I took note of something. So there was the, um, it was halfway through the fourth quarter. About uh, their safety number zero Sullivan gets called for targeting. Went to review rules expert agreed it was clearly targeting, and that's when it was called off after review. Oh, that was the Sullivan one. I swear, right. it was a McPherson too. Anyway, then, then T.J. Smith, the other safety, um, you said he was continually allowed to attempt second degree murder. <laughs> On back-to-back-to-back yes. plays. So following number seven, or sorry, number zero's targeting review, then you have two back-to-back hits from TJ Smith, um, which one could like could have been called for targeting and wasn't. Then one was um, and was not found to be targeting. So like, yeah. what, what, what's targeting then? Yeah, we have no, we have no idea. They have no clue. The Big 12 Conference has to figure that out. They're going to get some kid killed. Yeah, And heck, it could hurt Smith, too. I mean, if he keeps leading with his helmet, he may hurt himself like that. It just blew my mind. And, and I don't care. I mean, it, I'm not saying that if things would have changed, Tech, oh, Tech would have won the game if they'd have got those targeting calls. Well, sure, it would have helped on that drive. But who knows? Who knows what would have happened? I don't care about that. It's just when you see Vasher getting hammered twice – in a game and you see Columbia getting hammered and you see all these things happening on the same drive and big 12 reps are just going, Oh, well, you know, yeah, it's football. That's fine. Yeah. So th- there was one play just Spencer Rattler and Ames and, and the whole conference shuts down and kicks out the player. And I mean, it's just, it just, there's no consistency across this league. Yeah. So there's me nuts. Th- there was a play where there could have been like three or four fouls called and none, none were called. It was a play where Columbia is the ball is stripped from him. Uh, he picks it back up um, and then he throws it down the sideline to Vasher. Vasher is destroyed by TJ Smith. Like completely like the ball is, is like, a, you know, a step in front of Vasher and TJ Smith comes from the side and just blows him up. Nothing. OPI, nothing. Nope. No, at, not even a reach for the flag. At least it's a, it's a pass interference call. If not targeting, um, Columbia himself is hit well after the ball is gone. Again, no call. That like there, there should have been targeting, pass interference, and roughing the passer. Just stack up fifty yards of of, of <laughs> penalties on that one play, and kick two people out because that's what should have happened. And like, mm, mm, no, that that's not that's not what happened. That's just football, guys. That's just football. Totally fine. 
again, so like, like you were saying, the rest of the, the rest of the calls, I mean, I don't think it would have affected the game because they didn't, they, they didn't stop or keep Texas Tech defense from doing what they were doing. Um, which I don't know, Keith Patterson, like, do, do you feel at all responsible for your, your unit giving up two score swings late in games? I mean, I don't, these are two games where you had a late lead and had a 14 or 15 point swing to lose the game. I don't know. Yeah, that, that hurts. It does. Guys, 2020 has been the year of things happening. They're completely out of your control, like flags staying in pockets and Manhattan, Kansas. There's one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. Guys, you need to check out their website, manscaped.com. You can check out their Lawnmower 3.0, their Luxury Nail Shears Kit 2.0, their Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver. Um, just go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life changing products. Listeners of the show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Guys, you've already heard us say it, but just a reminder, the wait is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect, as you know with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here. The Lakers look dominant. <laughs> and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. My Brewers are out of contention. Sorry about you, bro. After, yeah, thanks, man. But uh, it, was, it was a good run. It was, it was a good three or four months. I may be back next year for more. You <laughs> might now be at it. Well, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online head to bet online today take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses bet online your online sportsbook experts all right michael let's let's look at our our season prediction update this uh, you and I both, sorry, you and I split our predictions for today's game. I had this being as a win. Um, you had it as a loss. So currently I am. We disagree. We disagree on, on our projections, our predictions. I am two and one on the season. You are three and zero. Oh. Texas Tech, however, is one and two. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great feeling to come into the season and predict four wins and be right here. I mean, I'd you know. I, lo- I love being wrong when I pick a loss, but that's where we are. Well, you, you and I pretty much felt the same way about every game except this one and TCU. We felt opposite. So that that's kind of where it's going to come down to for our record of how we think that Tech is going to get four wins. So I thought it would be in Kansas or in Manhattan, and I think the other one's going to be in Fort Worth. So how about those Horn Frogs going into Austin? And beating the Longhorns today. Does that change your your prediction? How about that? How about that Big Twelve? How how are they looking right now? You don't even know what I know right now. The only behind the only undefeated Oklahoma game. (laughs) Only undefeated team is Oklahoma State. Yes, and they. I did not believe that they would take care of against Kansas, but um, they did so by like what forty points. 
Sure. Yeah. I, I knew they would win, but I just didn't think they'd cover the gen, um, generous spread that they were given. But, you know, it was a charcuterie spread and they, they took care of it. Um, Baylor was on the road at West Virginia. They went to double overtime. West Virginia wins that game. So you go from Baylor winning by five touchdowns last week to losing Another in overtime to West Virginia. Game. Yeah. What, what does this mean? What does any of this mean? Um, if, and I'm going to spoil it for you, Spencer, but if people are listening to this podcast, they already know Iowa state hangs on to win 37 30 in Ames against OU. So there's that as well. Just add that to the, the pile of big 12 madness that, um, is not going to make any sense when they have two seven and three teams play each other for the big 12 championship. I took Oklahoma. Maybe. I took Oklahoma minus seven today. Uh, I did too. I did too. We all did. Rob, Rob bro did as well. Also shout out to Rob. If he's listening or if anybody's listening, it's always fun to go on his show. He's got a show at 10 AM to 12 every Saturday. Rob bros, college tailgate. Got to go on this morning. Always fun. The only and I made some bad picks. Only pick I think I won today was um, I just took Alabama straight up. <laughs> I wasn't even going to mess with the points. It's just I need to win because I took I took the over for uh, Tennessee, Missouri, which was at forty nine. And let me tell you this: those a holes on the Missouri sideline in field goal range went for it on fourth and 14. They had so it out for you, man. The line ended up at 45 points. Had they kicked that field goal, it would have been 40. So sorry, at 47. Had they kicked the field goal, it would have been 50 points. It covers the over. Check. Tick mark in that box. But no, fourth and 14. They go for it. Uh, like I said, I picked Oklahoma minus seven. I took Alabama to win straight up. Hooray. I should have taken Kansas State minus one when, when it came down to that. I was like, that's easy. Not only did Alabama win, but they covered. Yeah. They, they thrashed AM. All right. Let's get to some questions. Um, Dan, Dan Swanee, Swanee, is Columbia, even though he isn't the answer, better for Tech a quarterback instead of Bowman? I want to see more of Columbia to, to say yes or no. Um, the offense, it felt smooth, smoother with him running things. It may, like I said, maybe because they, they, they were dumbing it down to, to run it real quick uh, to get him up and rolling. Maybe it has to do with, you know, he has as much experience as anybody else in this offense since he had it at Utah State with Wells before they left and before he transferred. Um, I would love to see him attack vertical throw the ball deep, see where they, where they align that way. Cause I think that's what we all said about Bowman is when he winds up to throw deep, you're like, Oh, good gravy. What's about to happen. Yeah. If that receiver's off screen, you really start to, <laughs> if they get off the screen, like your curls a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if he's the answer. He, he may be better. I liked how the offense looked when he was running things. At 21 points is not enough. More honest. But I, I feel like it kept the defense a little more honest because Columbia's, I mean, he had eight carries for 48 yards. You know, he's, he's able to run and he's probably got a lot more green light to run than Bowman does. Um, so, I mean, but that's, 
mean, that's an extra dimension that Tech's not used to having. Well, I mean, they had that with Duffy last year, but that's not one that they've they've had this year or consistently, you know, most years. And so, I think a lot of what, what we saw last year is because there was literally nobody left behind Duffy. They, they were like, oh, I can't do, we can't do anything with that. Um, it may be similar since we're down to a backup quarterback again, that they don't want to be taking those kind of chances with Columbia running the ball around. Um, because behind him is, is McIver who hasn't played since like a junior in high school. Um, well, and Duffy got banged up both of the years that he had to come in. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the year, he was he was pretty roughed up, and that was a lot to do with him having to carry the ball or feeling the need to. So, yeah, that's uh, I may walk that back a little bit. That's not it's not necessarily we want that to be a part of the offense, but it's nice to know that he can, and that'll kind of keep the they might have a guy kind of spy on him a little bit, and so that might leave a tight end open or somebody open. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was checking scores and I just, I got a grin, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, co-host of the talking tech podcast, Tristan McGonigal asks for the love of football. When will we ever be decent again? Depending on who you ask, uh, you'll get greatly varying answers. Um, I would like to think that it will be under a Matt Wells coach team, but nothing historically and nothing so far trend wise, trajectory wise has me confident. It's going to be a Matt Wells team. If if you look at Utah state, that can give you some confidence, but the sample size we have, which is only 15 games granted. It's not looking great. It's it's a lot of the same. Oh man, just a couple more bounces of the ball go this way, then Tech wins. No, Tech needs to just win, just just win it. Let's not go down to the fact that oh well, Columbia had that interception on that last drive in the end zone and this that or the other, and that's that, that's what did us in. Like no, let's let's try to eliminate those type of things and also just play good football. It has nothing to do with a coach that was here 12 years ago. Why do you, why do you bring that up, Spencer? Because that, that dumbass lost tonight at home <laughs> versus the worst team in the SEC. He goes from beating the defending national championship champion, defending national champion to losing at home to the worst team in their conference. Guess what? That, that a team- Kendall Bryles coach team beat Mike Leach at home. Guess what? That that team that that beat Mike Leach, this is their first SEC win since 2017. They had 20 straight conference losses until today. So congrats, Arkansas. It has nothing to do. Texas Tech being decent has the trajectory of the program. Sure. Like if you want to try to go back and say, had we done this or this differently, but pointing back and saying it's because of this person or it's because of this guy was our coach back then. It's because we didn't pay him. Blah, blah, blah. There's no curse. $800,000 in cash is not going to change anything. 
He was not due that money anyway because he was fired for cause before that bonus structure was going in, in, into effect. Yes, it was probably done on purpose so they didn't have to pay him that. But how dumb would the university have looked if they decided they wanted to fire him a day after that? I'm like, oh, hey, we're going to fire you. Ooh, now we have to pay you almost a million extra dollars because we couldn't. We sat on our thumbs 12 hours too long. Okay. Well, and, and no, you're good. I'm, I'm just going to, my small bit on this is we did talk about this during the podcast last week and got a few comments on it. And I don't, I don't have as big an issue with fans wanting him to be paid. That's fine. You can think that I don't really care. I don't feel like he should be, but you know, you can think that, but the second you come in after a tough loss and, and start bringing up leech, that's just, you're just being a troll. There, there's no benefit to that. That's not helping anybody. I need to be tech loses, tech loses last week. And then, okay, let's bring up Mike Leach. That has nothing to do at all with what happened on Saturday, the year of our Lord, 2020. There, nothing. But you know who else was involved with making sure that Texas Tech fans were seeing Mississippi State stuff? Mississippi State. They were buying Facebook ads targeted at people in Lubbock. Because yes. you, you got a sponsored ad. Those things are very hyper-focused. You have to fill out all kinds of demographic information about who you want your ad to be shown to. Somebody in their athletic department said, look, those a-holes just lost a game. We just won a big game. They're, the ad said jump on the bandwagon. They were, they're recruiting fans of Mike Leach to now be Mississippi State fans. I had a very targeted sponsored ad in my Facebook news feed that I took a screenshot of. I'm sure some of you listening, if, especially if you're in Lubbock, you had that same ad. And I thought, why is this in my news feed? And Excuse I clicked me. the comments and I realized why, because everyone was like, Oh, Tech should have never fired him. Worst thing to ever happen. It's like, well, you know what? Maybe it was, but that is not why tech lost. Because if that's why tech lost, Let's go back to 1925 and blame it on the people who were arrogant enough to start a damn football team. That's why Tech lost. That's why Tech lost on Saturday against UT and against Kansas State because of those guys in the 20s. No. With their, with their forthright thinking and trying to start the leather pigskin thrown around the South Plains. The reason why they lost is because, because they did not retain Ruffin McNeil and Lincoln Riley. <laughs> yeah okay well let's also not you know i'm gonna rewrite that if, history okay if i'm gonna do it decision made december 30th is is off limits but then the, the one made like two weeks later is is the reason <laughs> let's let's okay let's let's back away from that all right no that's 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 too much for tonight we are wrapping up our yeah, instant we, reaction podcast sorry guys texas tech loses 31 21 has nothing to do with mike leach although his his team lost tonight too I, I'm going to be, I'm going to need some, some motivation and help not trolling the, these Facebook groups and asking where all, all my leech fans are at. Um, but right now it just sucks because our team lost again uh, in a game where you had uh, a lead late in the fourth quarter. Felt like you had a chance to win this game. Not that you felt like you were going to win it all the time or all the week leading up to it. Um, but it was there. You had the opportunity, you had a lead and, and very, I hate to say typical tech. I really do. But in that fashion, your defense crumbled like a really, really dry cookie. 
terrible analogy, but <laughs> it was bad. Um, you, you gave him a lead late, a, a two, two score swing there in the fourth quarter. Um, you haven't won in Manhattan since 2008 when Kansas State was coached by Ron Prince. Um, and then next week we go on the road again to Ames, take on a team that just took down Oklahoma. So, yeah, we get to take on Tech gets to play two teams in a row that just are, are high on life after <laughs> beating the f- former front runner of the Big 12. But hey, it feels good to be um, tied in the standings w- with the Oklahoma Sooners. That's right. Oh, and, and just, you know. And the Texas Longhorns. They are also one and two. That's true. For me to end kind of a positive note, I, I wanted to just say I was impressed with Columbia how well he came in. We can't say enough of the fact that Tech's starting quarterback went out in Again. the second drive of the game and they still were able to hang in there and do a good job. So there are some good things to take away from this game, but like, like last week, just not enough good things. No, we will. We'll be back on Tuesday, Wednesday to get you your Iowa state preview Spoiler alert, I'm predicting a loss in Ames. Uh, Brocktoberfest. They had a tight end throw a pass to a tight end tonight. That's like the most Iowa State damn thing I've ever seen. <laughs> they, they, they had a graphic at one point showing like the average height of Iowa State receivers, including their tight ends versus the, the Oklahoma defensive backs. And it was like a seven inch differential. Oh it was like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, to like 5'10". Like, hmm. That'll be fun. But here's the thing. Iowa State will not outrun you. Brees Hall might, but the receivers and tight ends will not. Okay. All right. Bold claim there. But they've got so many tight ends that they're just putting them, they're just throwing passes now too. Yeah. I mean, it. what I'm saying is like, they're not going to burn you for 70 yards. Brees Hall, or not not Brees Hall, uh, Deuce Vaughn style. They will, if you, they, they will if you miss a tackle. I saw them do that. I saw OU get burned a few times. Yeah. It, it's It'll gladly burn you if you miss a tackle. It's not going to be speed wise. It's going to be because you, you can't tackle somebody that's five or six inches tall and 100 pounds heavier than you are. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, no worries. No worries. I'm not scared at all. For Michael, I'm Spencer. That'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We will catch you guys next week for the Iowa State Preview. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.